Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Black Americans have caught the podcast bug and have become one of the most avid and engaged listening demographic groups. Stackwell Fintech and other financial industry services like Greenwood Bank work to close the racial wealth gap. President Biden's Build Back Better agenda provides an additional $3 billion in funding to HBCUs to boost STEM-related programs. Hopefully some of the funds help schools like Howard address their aging infrastructure and make dormitories livable. And we kick the show off with talk about the Netflix movie The Harder They Fall. Don't worry, though. No spoilers. We've got all this and more in Episode 10 of The Tech Job. I'm your host from Columbus, Ohio, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And I'm back in Atlanta at Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. So you only dip that with them suburbs for a week? Just for a week, just for a week. Yeah, go back to my soul eventually. It's great migration. So last week, Stephanie, you slid in slightly a comment about a movie. Yeah, I heard you say it, but I knew I was about to watch it literally moments after our our show ended. So I didn't I didn't speak on it. Terrence, you didn't say anything. But we, we got to talk about the harder they fall because that joint was banging. I I truly, truly, truly enjoyed it. So I want to get y'all's like takes on Rob. I'm sorry. I said, what'd you like about it, Rob? Um, I liked Regina King. Um, her character. Uh. I like the uh, I, I like pretty much every line that Delroy Lindo had. Um, I, I don't want to do too many uh, spoilers in this, but the one about the devil was just on point. And then the uh, the, the White Town, um, <laughs> the White Town part. Uh, but what it was was th- there was like a, for me there was like there was a touch, of, not a touch. There were a ton of like little Easter eggs. Like oh, did you did you? check this out or did you catch this or did you see that name here or did you see that name there so what the movie was for me i'm not saying it is like the uh seven samurai good or the you know the magnificent seven you know the magnificent seven good you know the original um or even the one with denzel it was it was on that level for me it's not like the greatest movie i've ever seen but it was 
a good Netflix movie. So, um, so I'm comparing it to Netflix movies that I've seen. And for that, it was, it was truly entertaining. And this is why I enjoyed it so much. It was one of those movies where I watched it and then I immediately wanted to go back and watch it again so I could pick up on the stuff that I missed. And that's pretty rare that I can actually watch a movie and then within a week or so watch exactly the same thing because, you know, that gets kind of boring. Um, I was actually able to do that. And there was a lot more stuff that I picked up on that I just didn't get the first time. So I just I just enjoyed watching it. It was two hours and 20 minutes and the time just flew by. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was that long. I mean, I I just love seeing black folks on screen Um, and especially in, you know, I don't want to say non-traditional because we were in the West like we were everywhere else, but we don't get to see a ton of black Westerns. Um, I loved everybody in the cast. Like, I mean, Regina King can do no wrong in my opinion, but you know, you got Idris Elba, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, um, Jonathan Majors, like, like, like literally everybody in the cast was, you know, A-list black folk anyway. Um, I, I I appreciated, or at least I, I'm I'm assu- I'm making this assumption myself, um, just because. But I'm I'm assuming Lakeith Stanfield's character um, was a homage to Doc Holliday in Tombstone, because um, there were a lot of similarities I felt like between their characters. And I and I love Tombstone, like love, like I watch Tombstone mm-hmm. anytime it comes on. And Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer's. Um, Doc Holliday is like one of my favorite characters ever. Um, and I feel like he played it with a lot of that same, you know, swag and, and, and nuance. So I, I enjoyed what, even if he wasn't, that's what I was thinking when I was watching him. So I enjoyed it just cause you know, I had made up in my mind that that's what he was doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I, I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. And, and like I said, just good to see some black folks, you know, on the screen doing something different. Right. Right. Well, I like the fact that they didn't try to make it, even though it was a Western, uh, they didn't make it Western-y, if that makes sense. Um, and what I mean by that is they didn't try to give them the Southern draw. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't give them, you know, the the references. They didn't use a whole bunch of back-in-the-day Western references, whether it be from the way they talk. Like I meant, they didn't use the Southern slang or they didn't have any sort of country draw or anything like that that you see in most Westerns. Uh, the music. Uh, I like the soundtrack. Wow, you know, yeah. they, they tried, they spiced it up with mm-hmm. some reggae, which I thought was a nice touch to, you know, give it uh, sort of a new vibe, you know. Uh, but I will say, <laughs> I had one, I had one beef. <laughs> the shootout at the end, I thought was ridiculously over the top. <laughs> they got these, what, four or five people come to the center of the town. And then all these people shooting around, they couldn't hit these people. So I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was ridiculous. But in a Western, in a movie, it makes sense. And then, like I said, like I mentioned in the in the pre-show, um, I, I would have liked them to, for them to have delved a little bit more into the backstories. So having said that, if it would have been a series where they just launched the series like nine, eight or nine episodes, I, I I'm not saying it would have done better. I just would have liked to actually get into the actual characters' backstories because, you know, Regina King and a couple other people made the purposely made the even in the beginning of the movie, they made the purpose to tell people these people actually existed, right? So whether or not they actually told the real stories of the characters that were kind of referenced, or they actually just told new stories 
I'd have liked to really like really get into their back here because I'm in the anime. And that's all they do all day long mm-hmm. is backstory, backstory, backstory. So that's that's what I would like to. I think they would have got probably would have got in a little bit of trouble because they, because the character because their characters were based on real people, but right. in that context of that movie wasn't mm-hmm. real. It was completely if fictional with that, real people that exist. Not real. Right. You you can't go real once you've been not real. And then if you try to go not real, then it's like, well, these were real people. How you got a whole series of 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 episodes on stuff that never happened you know what i mean it, that right. would that would have been tricky to do but i i agree that it would have been nice to learn a little bit more about the actual people um but it would have been tricky to do when you're when you're not adhering to the integrity of their history in the first right. place or well yeah true um and you i was going to say or make up new stories based on the actual characters in the actual movie you know mm-hmm. um but then, you know, maybe some historical people would have been like, eh. Hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, because they talked about uh, Zazie Betts' character. Um, yeah. I forget what she would have been. Name. Yeah, she was yeah. like, you know, would have been older, dark-skinned, heavy-set. Heavy-set, right. You know, but she couldn't have, then she wouldn't have been a love interest, you know, necessarily. Right. right. Um, for Idris Elba. So I think they, like I said, they took some liberties, some some creative liberties, which I didn't have a problem with necessarily. Right. Um, but yeah, you you can't please all the people all the time. Basically. Right, right. But no, I, I I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I had I a fun too. time I, 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 watching I it. I don't necessarily watch movies with any intention. I just, honestly, I really just want to be entertained. I mean, some biographies and stuff like that, you want to know what happened and everything. But for something like this, I just want to have a good time watching it, you know, have enjoyed it when I'm done and move on. It's it's a movie, you know what I mean? So, so. right. But so I I will say one thing that I particularly enjoyed was Idris Elba's character yes. and his point what he was all the reason the reason why he was trying to do what he was doing without yes. trying to spoil it and the climax I, yes, I wasn't expecting that at all of the movie and the fact that, you know, he carried out he he came to the realization and I'm not trying I don't want to spoil the story, but he came to a characterization that maybe the thing he was trying to do, uh, he may not be the center of it. And I think a lot of movies, a lot of villains, a lot of heroes, a lot of people in general, you know, you, you start a movement, you join a movement and, you, and, you know, movement takes off and then it's hard for people to see themselves the movement move on without them. Right. You know, I thought that was cool to where he was kind of like, you know, this thing I'm trying to do, you know, I may or may not be able to carry this thing out. You know, right. so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that little that little twist at the end. I was like, what? <laughs> I saw it coming, but I, I didn't want to verify until it actually happened. I'm like, see? <laughs> but no, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. And the, the soundtrack was banging. You, mm-hmm. You're right on point with that. It, you know, it was... And if you listen to the music and you actually listen to the words, it was choreographed. I mean, that that, that was that was actually very oh, well done. It perfectly, uh, yeah. You know, on on just how the the music was right in tune with what was going on. So, folks, if you haven't seen this yet, if you have a Netflix account, go check it out. And I, I got to say this: this was a movie to me that was made for streaming. It was made for uh, Netflix. I don't know that I would have gone to the movies to see it. I would have waited till it came out on, on streaming. The fact that they, it, it just came out right there. I think it was right on time because there's probably a lot of folks who, eh, I'm not really into Westerns want to pass on it, but because they have Netflix, I'm not doing anything else. Let me go check this out. And it's like, Oh, 
this movie was actually, you know, pretty deep and pretty good. So um, I would have supported it because it was black people. But I probably I probably would have went to the matinee. Um, and I used to go when I when I used to get my nails done regularly um, before they had gels, like, you know, sidebar. If you get gels, they're dry when they're done. So you don't have to, like, wait for them to dry or whatever. You can put gloves on or whatever. But before people were wearing gels and just wearing acrylics, you needed time to let those nails dry and cure, really, if you really wanted to keep them looking nice. So I say all that to say, when I when I used to get my nails done, I would schedule my day to go to a movie after I got my nails done. So I had two hours to just sit and do nothing while my nails dried and cured. This would have been a nail dry kind of movie for me. And I would have enjoyed it thoroughly and, and been glad that I got a chance to, to see it at a matinee price. A nail dry kind of movie. I can almost guarantee that no one else has given that review <laughs> of the movie before. So, so we'll end the, the heart of they fall talk with that. Cause <laughs> I don't think that can movie. be topped. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into some tech y'all. Um, and we're going to kick it off with uh, a story. I was just smiling all the way through this when I read it. Um, and I'll just, I'll just read what I wrote here. Black folk are emerging as one of the most avid and engaged podcast listening audiences. Um, and there was an article that came out by uh, SX uh, M Media um, where they basically did surveys uh, specifically with black people. And what are you do, doing when it comes to your podcast listening? And let me just tell you that we out there, y'all. Um, one of the reasons we are doing this show was precisely outlined in this article where they talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the podcasting world is allowing diverse audiences to get in front of diverse casts. So one of the things when, you know, even before we officially decided to do this show, if we go back to zero, what do we keep hearing? I'm so glad that people like me are talking about tech because I don't get to see that all that often. It's not like we're the only three doing it. There are clearly, there are many of us out there doing it, but we kind of get lost in, in the fray. Um, because, you know, there's just there's a lot of other options out there that don't feature us and we're able to cover stories a, a little bit different. Tech is tech, but sometimes, as I say, it hits us differently. So I was just, uh, you know, really, uh, like I said, I couldn't stop smiling as I was reading through this because there was just so much, uh, um, you know, about why we started this show uh, in this. And to make a long story short, uh, you know, we, we are we are hitting the podcast game, um, you know, from a listenership. Uh, you know, I mean, we are making up the, the gap. I mean, there was a huge gap between us and, and white counterparts. And um, we have almost all but closed that. Um, we are definitely listening um, at, a, you know, at a bigger demographic than what we are. And um, I wanted to get your take on it. I don't know if you guys had a chance to dig deep into the article, but it was it was pretty interesting for my take. Uh, I mean, it's just simple. You know, people want to hear people who sound like them talking about subjects that they're interested to interested in rather. And, you know, you can say, okay, well, I am a techie. I'm interested in technology. So any podcast that deals with technology should check those boxes. But at the same time, you want to be able to, especially as podcasters gain trust with their audiences. Cause I think that's, what a lot of podcasters end up doing is they create these communities. They become this, this, this officiant, for lack of a better term, 
of whatever they're talking about to where it's like part of the family, you know, of not getting too attached with anybody, but, you know, being part of the family, you know, and you, 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 you listen to that elder on a regular basis, talk about this particular subject. And I think a lot of people want to identify with that person or that group or host or whatever the case may be more than just on a subject level. You know, I think that's where the benefit of having more black podcasters out there talking about a random array of topics, because eventually you will grow accustomed to that person. And it just makes sense for them to envelop, you know, a lot of the characteristics outside of just a particular subject matter. Absolutely. You know, hashtag representation matters. You know, it matters in in media and TV and film and now podcasting as well. There were a couple of um, statistics that stood out to me, though. Um, brand trust, consideration and purchase intent all increased to over 80 percent in each category. So, you know, the, the that kind of speaks to the power that podcasters have and and that marketers could be taking advantage of. And also 40% of Black listeners report they're more likely to purchase a product based on an ad they heard on a podcast compared to other platforms. So again, you know, it, it speaks to the idea that, you know, stop overlooking this demographic, number one. Um, and, and hopefully we don't see a situation where we see all the time where y'all finally catch on that, that black folks ought to wave. And, and now you figure out ways to co-opt and, and, and not, Hey girl, Hey, creators and to co-opt the content and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, you, you can't co-opt the vibe though. Um, but it's just, it's like, you know, and, and, and then we get into that conversation like, like we had last week about the, um, the black, what was that platform? Black hat. Blacks. Black tag, black, yeah, black tag, tag. You know about ownership and and platforms and 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 you know who's going to create this this podcast network. I mean, shout out to Charlemagne if you want to holler at us. We got a cool tech podcast <laughs> called Tech Zone that we can join the network right now. If you listening, holler at your girl. Um, but you know, so 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 all of those things kind of play into you know this idea that that black folks is, are now you know catching up to to other groups and, and, and how we listen. And, and hopefully we will, uh, as podcasters be the beneficiaries of all of this renewed attention and, and engagement. You just said catching up and, and catching up. We are so back in 2020, like that was so long ago, um, 17% uh, of black Americans were listening to podcasts weekly that has jumped up to 24% or, or no, I'm sorry. It has jumped up to 26% when at the time back in, um, in 2020, it was 24% of the public in general were listening to podcasts. That has gone up to 28%. So we have absolutely started to close the gap. We still aren't there yet. But uh, I linked another story here as well, because it's not just a black podcast. It is pretty much diverse podcast, uh, you know, pretty much all of them. So you look at, you know, um, Latino podcasts, you look at uh, Pacific Islander, you look at, you know, you know, a, you know, a, Asia Pacific podcasts. You, these are all the numbers are going up on all of them tremendously compared to our white counterparts. So I think it really does tell the story that, uh, you know, people are generally interested in stories about them. If you can see yourself in a story, you're probably going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, drawn to it. That's not always the case. It's clearly not the case with us. Uh, we have, you know, many different, um, you know, uh, demographics that are listening and watching our show. 
But there is something to that, that when someone looks like you, they talk like you, they have the same shared experience as you, um, that, the, you know, that there's a market for that. And I just think that the the way you're able to create a podcast and you can really, you know, Terrence, you talked about the gatekeepers aren't there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we didn't really have to ask permission to do this. We just kind of did it, you know. And, uh, you know, and we're on the Internet and thousands of people are are listening to us weekly. So yeah. it no is very entry. You ain't going to have yeah. all the right. bunch of equipment. You know, and you that was like, part of the problem, I think, before mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. you know, at that first wave of podcasting, you know, a few years ago, you know, folks was buying $200 microphones and, you know, all this other stuff. And it just seemed like something that wasn't accessible to, you know, the average person. But. Right. And, and even before podcasting, I mean, you needed a radio station. Those things don't come a dime a dozen either. So it was, uh, you know, it, it was it was hard to get on like that. And and now you, you can do this relatively low, uh, you know, barrier to entry because of that. There is a lot of stuff out there. Um, there. There are podcasts like, wow, people are truly interested in this. But it's like as long as somebody else is vibing with you, then, you know, you, at least you, you only need one to have an audience. And, you know, you can kind of go from there. I will say I was disappointed because in both articles, when they broke down the categories that each ethnic group was most interested in, tech was not under the black folks. Black no. people, where you at? It wasn't even on a list. Where my people's at? It like, wasn't even the on the list. We always got the phones and the apps and the this and the that and the social media. And we popping on 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 platforms like I need us to get them tech numbers up for real. Come on, black people, work with me. Uh, the, the, I know the three of us and there are many others who are going to absolutely try to get that because I, you know, I love talking about this stuff. It's it's just fun. It's like, you know, did you hear about this new thing that came out? Did you hear about this new game that came out? I mean, this is this is all tech. This is all ones and zero stuff that we're talking about, even though we don't get that deep into the woods on it. So, yeah, I saw that as well. And I looked, wait, there's five categories and tech is not even one of the five. Not even I was like, come on. That's now, not, people. Look, that is. That is a trend. That is something me being as um, spent some time as a freelance writer. I wouldn't even call myself a tech journalist, just, you know, writing for here and there, writing for different um, write for different publications. You know, if you if you go to a lot of black websites, whether they be low budget, whether they be high end, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but they don't have a tech section. It'd be lifestyle. It'd be beauty. It'd be health. It'd be maybe finance now. Uh, no technology. They'll put it in the lifestyle category. Yeah. You know, um, again, um, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the issue is, Rob. Like you mentioned, you know, we, you know, love talking about tech, us three particular on this show. But black folks in general, I think we like it. But maybe we don't know where what it is. Uh, just spitballing here. I don't have a definitive answer, but it is interesting that we love it. But maybe it's not sexy. I don't know if it's popular. I don't know if it's intriguing. You know what? What I I wonder what well, the, I, I the issue is. Know, I think you know when I think when the average person thinks about technology, they think about something that is um, necessary there, evil. You know it, it, that too, and 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 that there's there's not any practical application to to hear about it on a regular basis, other than when you need it. You know, right. it's kind of here when you need it. Um, and then, you know, when you 
depending on where you go to get your tech information, you're going to get a whole lot of business information in there as well about series A rounds of funding and start up this and, and, you know, exit that. And, and don't nobody want to hear, don't nobody want to hear none of that unless you are (laughs) in that space, you know, trying to get put on. So there's a lot of stuff sort of clouding the, the content that, that I think the average person actually really cares about. That's, I try to do that. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to make this about me, I promise, but, um, my whole goal in, 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 in being a tech content creator was to appeal to the 99%. You know, people ask me what I do and I'm like, I, I show people how technology make their lives easier. That's it. Like, that's literally my elevator pitch. And, and, and I'm always very mindful and conscious about, keeping that customer, you know, in mind, if you will. And, and, and if it starts getting too heady, cause I mean, I got two engineering degrees, so I can talk about anything. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I'm talking, when I'm thinking about who I serve, it's that person that just needs to know that this app can save you some money, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. So, you know, I think I, I like what we do here because we do it in that way. I think in, in a way that makes it very relatable to, to other people. Yeah, I think in, uh, you, you touched on this. You hear the word tech and, ooh, I don't know. I, nah, that, that's not me. I don't want to get into that. Oh, but when you really that. think about, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll just talk about us, what we talk about. This is like just everyday life stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone doesn't have an iPhone or an Android device. Everyone listening to our show probably does. I, I, I would be hard pressed to think that we have a listener who is subscribed to us that does not have a mobile phone um, or, or a smartphone. So when we're talking about smartphones, we're talking about tech. When we're talking about Instagram, we're talking about tech. When we're talking about your banking app, we're talking about tech. When we're talking about Pinterest in the, in the Christmas list that you're now making, we're talking about tech. Um, your ring doorbell, that is tech. So um, I, I think you know, a, a big part of it is we have to, we, we have to, you know, there, there really aren't barriers there, but we have to take the perceived barriers away from a, you know, from a fair amount of a section of, uh, of our community to where, you know, talking about tech is not scary. It's not, you know, it's not this, uh, like I, you know, I'll think about like, you know, I've got a family member as soon as you start, Oh, I don't, I don't know anything about this. It's like, you've been using a computer for the last 30 years. What are you talking? You, you, right. you definitely know about it. You don't know how the computer runs. You didn't, you, you didn't go and program the operating system. I, I get that, but no, you, you understand, um, you know, what's going on. And some of these things can make, uh, your life a lot easier. The, the gateway for one of my aunties, into getting a smartphone was Gas Buddy, because oh, Gas this buddy is, is jam, this though. is a person. Oh, it's it's eight cents less a gallon, twenty two miles away. I want to drive there and fill up. <laughs> but it's just like, but no, that that was a thing. Uh, you know, she she had a uh, actually she was on an iPhone, the only app that was not pre installed on that on, on that device that she had for probably the first year of having it was Gas Buddy because that's what it took to get. It. Oh, I can I can go get my gas cheaper over here. That's what it was for. And slowly but surely, it's like oh, okay, you know, you, you don't have to go to the bank to find out what your account balance is. You don't have to call them. You can actually use this app and mm-hmm. and and uncover it. So um, you know so. You know, and we've talked about this, you know, in the in the production of, you know, of this show. When we think about just our community, the black community, we're some of the biggest users of consumer technology, uh, you know, on the planet. So when you say that and then you juxtapose about, well, we don't really like tech. It's like, no, nah, you just didn't know that tech was what you thought it was. And it's a lot uh, easier to get into 
um, and have conversations, particularly when you have folks who look like us who are talking in a large part to folks who look like us. So, like I said, I was just I was really happy to see, uh, you know, this particular article come out and actually see that the numbers are increasing, um, you know, to, you know, to the point they have. Like I said, we're not we're not parity yet, but we're close, uh, you know, uh, you know, 20, uh, 24 percent compared to 26 percent. I'll, I'll take that when last year we weren't even close to that. We just got to make sure we get we get ours, you know, for real, for real. And uh, keep it moving. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So um, Terrence, you, I think you put this in the notes here about uh, Stackwell Fintech, um, you know, a new startup. So yeah, uh, why don't so, you go ahead and tell us about this? I read this and I actually have a lot to say on this one because this is, this is my wheelhouse here. All right. Well, uh, so Stackwell is a new uh, financial tech, which is what fintech stands for. Start is a startup that aims to narrow the racial racial wealth gap with I call it done for you investment portfolios. So this kind of speaks to that audience that knows that stock market is out there, knows it's important. But similar to how we were just talking about technology, you ask somebody about the stock market, they're like, hey, I don't know anybody, anything about that uh, stock market stuff. So uh, Stackwell looks to answer or to resolve those issues of people not knowing that much about stock market by creating this mobile app that gives you education about the stock market. And two, it allows folks to invest without directly having to pick individual stocks because, you know, you talk about charting and you're talking about, you know, businesses and you're talking about a whole bunch of numbers that may scare some people off. But the way Stackwell does it is they have these automated or robo portfolios that if you answer some questions, you know, uh, the the um, platform learns a little bit about you and it presents these portfolios that users can invest in and that get that portfolio then invests in those different companies, whether it be stocks, bonds, uh, mutual funds, index funds things of that nature. And that gets you started into investing. Uh, like we mentioned um, the previous uh, show uh, with our uh, host or with our guest, you know, one of the things she mentioned was, you know, um, we have no longer the the time to say, hey, you know, this is something that I'm not really into, or this is this is not something that, you know, I may or let me look into it. You know, mm-hmm. that that answer, you know, we we're running out of time to uh, not to get into um, closing the wealth gap because it's not getting any bigger. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not getting any smaller. As a matter of fact, it's getting bigger, you know, since, you know, civil rights movement, things of that nature. And I think uh, a lot it would behoove anybody 
to get more involved in the stock market. And this Stackwell Capital uh, app does just that. Like I mentioned, ed- education and getting people actually investing without having to do that legwork, which everybody should do. But getting you involved in creating wealth by just giving you some exposure to the stock market is leaps and bounds over what people are doing now. And I think that's the whole reason behind Stackwell. So I just wanted to bring it up because, again, like I said, it uh, continues that conversation about, you know, um, people not being aware and people maybe even being shut up, put off by when you get into the minutia of stock market. It just makes it a whole lot easier to get more involved to actually build wealth, which is what we need in our community specifically. Absolutely. And I, it's funny, I thought about you, you told a story, Terrence, when we were having that Bitcoin conversation about telling one of your family members and they were like, can you do it for me? You know what I mean? It's just like, no, mm-hmm. I can't. Um, so I think this will go a long way to eliminate the need, um, you know, for people to feel unempowered, mm-hmm. um, if that's a word, to to, to go and, and do these kind of things. And I think once you get into it, you know, you kind of will take some initiative on your own eventually because it's your money. So you want to see right. where, where it's going and what's happening with it. You know, I think people will. But but it's just that initial step, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about um, investing in a stock market it's opening a brokerage account. Who should I go with? There's there's a bunch of them. Then there's bro- brokerage fees, and then there's this, and then there's that, and then but then maybe maybe I go with Robinhood, and there's no fee, and so it it, it there's a lot of information to try to absorb um, all at once just just to, to get in the just to get share. in the game, yeah, right. to buy one share of Apple or whatever. So um, the idea that you know this is making it kind of a one-stop shop and, and sort of investing one oh one for people, I think is mm-hmm. really good. It's in, uh, it's coming out in beta next year, I think yeah. I read in the article. So yeah. the, but the wait list is open right now. Exactly. If anybody's interested. So, um, definitely check out. It's funny. I actually reached out on uh, their Instagram to just, I was like, I know it's last minute, but if we get Trevor on the show today, it would be awesome. But nobody got back to me. So Trevor, if you listen, you know, we would love to have you come holler at us. Um, I think I think it's a great idea and a great way to get, you know, some folks engaged in the in this process. And that's the whole thing. Like like you mentioned, get folks engaged. Once you get into it, you start to you know, you may make a little change and mm-hmm. it may, you know, mm-hmm. encourage you even more to actually look into it even more. And I give you a quick side story. You know, my wife, her stepfather, you know, he's um retired within the past, you know, 10, 10, 15 years or so, you know, and he's been sitting around the house not doing nothing really until slowly but surely he started to get into the stock market. So now he's gone from not getting into the stock market at all to, you know, hitting my wife up on the regular, uh, trying to try, you know, hipping her, you know, to, you know, trading penny stocks on the daily and whatnot. (laughs) Right, right. And he's actually stepped it up to where, you know, he's realized the power in just, you know, making your money work for you. You know, that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing when you can actually, the light bulb goes off like, hey, right. Hey, if I leave my money in the bank, more or less, that would be the same amount of money forever with you know, the exception of a little bit of chump change interest they give you. But if I put my money someplace else, whether it be stocks, whether it be crypto, whether it be real estate, whatever the case may be, that money makes more money and I really ain't got to do nothing outside mm-hmm. of just make sure that I don't lose money. You know, I think once people get into that, I think then, like I said, the light bulb goes off. And then before you know it, you know, you got people calling you on the regular talking about, hey, did you see about this stock? Did you hear about this stock? I am I'm not a massive aunt by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know 
that 0.8% interest is less than 10% annualized returns in S&P 500 for the history of it. Um, with, I mean, clearly there were two really, really bad years, but in the, in, in the hundred years of it, it's been two really, really bad years of it. So, um, so one of the things that I, uh, as I was reading through uh, this story and reading about, uh, you know, Stackwell's like, you know, cause here's my thought is, okay. Um, how are you different or what are you doing different? Because this is not a unique idea. There are other financial avenues that are very, very similar to what this, you know, to, to what this uh, program actually is. What's different? They're targeting it at African-Americans. That, that, is, that is a guiding principle. It's like we're, we're looking at a community that historically has been underserved by the financial industry, um, you know, you know, going back to forever. Uh, we are going to do things that other uh, companies are doing, but we're going to make sure that, you know, this particular demographic, we let them know that, hey, we're here. Here's how we're trying to, to help you. It kind of reminded me of uh, what, what is that bank that Killer Mike, um, you know, started Gr- Greenwood, uh, Greenwood, Greenwood Bank. I remember looking at that. What is different about this bank? Oh, it's, it's an online bank. Very, very similar to other online banks. What are they doing? We are targeting, um, you know, a particular demographic, in this case, African-Americans, Latinos, um, who are generally just underserved and underrepresented in the financial industry, Um, you know, financial services industry. You know, it's you know, it's not about, you know, uh, you know. That that's not the case. I mean, it, it is the case. You know, you, you can look at all kind of numbers that will show you this. So this is just a way to get in front of a, you know, in front of a community or in front of communities that have been, you know, ignored or denied, uh, you know, for no, you know, for, for no reasons other than, you know, the color of their skin. So that's what I wanted to try to, you know, make sure, so, you know, how is this different? Is it doing something different? No, it's just who, who they are marketing and targeting it to. And I can taking the time to build that trust. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why black folks ain't want to take the vaccine because everybody talk about Tuskegee. You know what I mean? You got to you have to take the time to build the trust in institutions that have historically wronged us. For real, for real, like mm-hmm. not just, you know, you can't have your money here, but OK, we're going to take all your money and keep it. And then mm-hmm. when your city burned down, you can't get it back. You know what I mean? Right. Like we have legitimate, Beef. you know, causes to mm-hmm. be skeptical of, of all of these of America, basically. Um, so to, you know, when you when you when you build a business that has trust building built in you know, to the, to the mission, then, then I think that's when you, you can make some significant progress in, in a community. And, and I, hopefully this is what, you know, this, this brother's trying to do and, you know, killer Mike and everybody else. It's just like, you, you gotta, you gotta earn that trust back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to address a question that I know folks are going to ask, well, but do you really, you know, it's, it's 2021. Do you need to create something that is specifically for African-Americans and, and Latinos? Yes. Do, do you, do you have to do that? Can't you just use Robin Hood? Can't you just use these, you know, these other things that already exist? And the answer is no, Th- this is the reason why these have been created. Now I, I want to preface that. Can you go sign up a Robin Hood account? You absolutely can, but Robin Hood is not necessarily targeting um, this demographic who for hundreds of years has been disenfranchised in this country. And you have folks who may be a little, I don't, I don't, I don't trust that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. That's not what Robin hood is doing. 
we can go sign up accounts there. We absolutely can. But this mm-hmm. company, you know, Greenwood, as far as a bank, when, when they actually uh, did that, we're going to target this demographic. We, we are looking specifically here. Um, anyone can get an account. But this is where we're because, going. Right. And because we have special needs, just like Stephanie mentioned, because of the history of the financial sector and how we've been at the very least, you know, just cast aside or ignored, but at the most specifically excluded from, you That's know, right. and like, and like, you know, Stephanie mentioned that thing that we, that companies like this do is they build trust because again, we know mm-hmm. they need to build that back. And, you know, specifically to stack, well, you know, they, uh, according to what we've read so far, again, cause we don't know, cause the app hasn't been uh, publicly released yet, but, you know, according to what I've read, you know, they're going to provide education Education. That's the key. that that is the trust building that gets people in the door to the ultimate goal of building wealth. You know, you can say, well, why? Like you mentioned, Rob, why can't black people use Robinhood or TD Ameritrade or anything like that? Well, the, 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 I mean, yeah. So why haven't we? Why haven't mm-hmm. we been doing that for mm-hmm. all these years? If it's that simple and all we got to do is, well, why isn't it always the case? There's some underlying issue as to why the racial wealth gap is the way it is. And we need to build, we need to, we need to one, call it what it is. Right. And two, take right. the time to build that trust back. And oh, you can't oh. just be like, oh, well, just take all your savings and throw it in this uh, it thing. And, right. I mean, and honestly, it might, it may just be a point where, you know, some black folks just ain't going to invest their money with some white folks. And, right. and it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, and, and they're going to need somebody who looks like them to say, let me show you how this is done and educate you. And, and, you know, and it may, you know, be as, 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 as fundamental as let me take you by the hand and, mm-hmm. and guide you through this process. Uh, because sometimes that's what is required um, when you have such a, such a visceral distrust and, and, and lack of knowledge about a particular, um, you know, part of our economy. Like sometimes you just, you gotta, you gotta go all the way back to the beginning and, mm-hmm. and be like, you know, we're going, we're going to take this step by step and we're going to mm-hmm. get it together. And I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. And, and, and I don't know of any, um, you know, non POC institution app or otherwise that's doing that, 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 that cares to do it. Cause they don't have to, you know what I mean? You've got enough customers. You don't need to take a few black folks by the hand and bring them along. So, you know, so who's going to, so where does that leave us? And it leaves us with apps like this. So, you know, like I said, hopefully, you know, this'll, this'll work out. I would be remiss though. If I did not shout out my girl, Ashley Fox, um, she has a program called Empify where she's doing largely the same thing. She focuses, though, a lot on um, passive income through dividend uh, Mm -hmm. producing stocks. Um, Mm -hmm. But she literally, you know, has a whole community of people. She calls it the Wealth Builders community where, you know, you get access to all this information and and their app and and, and everything else. So um, it's it's necessary. It's it's Mm -hmm. a necessary thing. Yeah, this is this is definitely good work. And I don't know, this show, the whole show is not going to be about money, but the next one's going to be. So I was just reading this. And Stephanie, you let me know that uh, this is sitting on the president's desk, but his Build Back Better plan is going to provide. That's what I heard. I mean, I heard he it's on his desk for signing. So. It passed the house and whatever else it had to do. So I'm assuming the money is coming. Well, yeah, an additional three billion dollars. Um, and STEM funding for HBCUs, um, which is 
which is massive because right now the funding is only three billion. The fact that they're going to go from three to six, uh, you know, that that is massive. Now, Terrence, I know. <laughs> in fact, I think all three of us have. So, okay, well, yeah, there's an additional three billion dollars. You know, how was that going to hit? But you know, billion is a, is is a big number, and three billion when it was only three before three additional going uh, to HBCUs uh, is a good thing. So, I, I wanted to hear. Uh, your thoughts on this additional um, and like I don't want to say they're earmarking it specifically for uh, STEM, but I know that that's uh, you know an area where they want uh, you know some of this to go to to actually get some of these uh, institutions to like you know tier one um, you know as far as their research uh, departments go. Um, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on what you think about this three billion dollars going to HBCUs. Well, like it says in the story, you know, just to read a little bit from the story, it says. Uh, black graduates remain underrepresented, under, underrepresented in STEM jobs, despite enormous growth in the field over the past decade. According according to an analysis this year by Pew Research Center, black adults 25 and older account for just 9 percent of all the STEM positions compared to 67 percent of white adults and black college students were less likely to earn STEM degrees analysis found. So, you know, you try to correlate that. With the fact that all of these tech companies, their main thing is, oh, we don't know where to find the black talent. Well, if this, let's just say this goes through and these uh, HBCUs do get this additional money, then that kind of pushes them up to the top tier. So that gives them more awareness. So these large companies say, okay, uh, they're making some strides. We can see it now. Okay, let's let's figure out how we get into this recruitment stage and get into some of these HBCUs. So, you know, at the very least, uh, this additional money brings awareness to HBCUs who are already trying to do just that and push some of these black STEM graduates through so they can get into some of these high tech companies who swear up and down by looking for the black uh, talent, quote unquote, air quotes. And like you said, hopefully we'll actually see this money. Um, but, you know, HBCU has been doing a damn thing since before this money. Like, you know, when I think about, you know, my alma mater, Florida Agricultural Mechanical University, um, you know, uh, FAMU produces more black pharmacists in the southeast part of the United States than like literally any other school, you mm-hmm. know, white or black. So it's just like we've been doing this work. And, you know, it's nice that somebody finally recognized and want to want to help us, you know, advance and, and get into that upper tier or of research or whatever. But it, it, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I read stories like this with a grain of salt always because it's, it's great. You know, ain't nobody turning down no money. But um, but you also got to give credit for HBCUs making it work without this mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and doing their thing without this. You know, think about how how many engineers A&T produces. A&T is the largest HBCU in the country and they they produce a hella engineers, you know what I mean? And computer mm-hmm. scientists. And 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 so the, the talent is out there. The schools are producing the talent. Um, you know, if it, it's just a matter of getting the rest of the world on board with what we've already been doing. So hopefully, you know, this money will will help with that. And yeah, for those who are wondering, A and T, yeah, A and T, North Carolina, A and T, the largest uh, HBCU, by the way. I think. And, see, and, and this aside, we do that. 
But maybe all the listeners, you know, all these other listeners may not know that. So that just goes back to that conversation about why black folks talking about tech needs to be out right. there because black folks know A and T. Right. You know? Everybody, every black person <laughs> listening was like, oh, yeah, A and T. Exactly. But so, I digress. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, ain't nobody turning down no money. So it's all good. In the money they need. So, you know, the next part of this is, uh, you know, Howard University. I know you guys have, you know, paid some attention to what they have going on there with their housing situation. And I mean, they have like Tent City. I, I think they just resolved uh, some of this. They came to an, you know, an agreement literally days ago. But, um, you know, they've, you know, they've they've been having some issues with the, with their dorms when you think about Howard Howard is a top tier HBCU i mean it is i mean that's where our vice president went you know that's where i think Colin Powell go there uh, not Colin Powell um ah i just lost his name first uh, black uh Thurgood Marshall didn't he go to Howard oh. Yeah. I think probably um, he might have went to Morehouse. I think Thurgood Marshall went. Okay, Morehouse. I can't remember. But, but anyway, the point I'm making is that, that we don't know that their their law school is a top notch law school. It's uh you know in you know the school in general is when when you know you would definitely put it into the the Morehouse um, Spelman. Uh, you know, Hampton, you know, you know, tier as far as just the clout and prestige that the university itself has. And they've just been having a What's horrible that? time. Thurgood Marshall, I got a break, uh, uh, breaking news. This just Thurgood, in. Thurgood Marshall, he did go to Howard for law school, but he went to Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. Yeah, shout out to Lincoln University. <laughs> Come through. Lincoln, okay. Lincoln, and then Cheney's right near me in, in the Philadelphia area. So shout out to Lincoln and Cheney producing greats. Great. But uh, but like I said, they, they've been having this issue uh, with their housing. I mean, it's been horrible. Roaches, mold, I mean, water. And, and, and the administration's response has been even more abysmal than those conditions. I, I have been like it, I haven't been I can't claim to be have have followed this very closely. But the responses that I've seen from the administration there, they even had to check Felicia Rashad because she was wild a little bit. And yeah. Debbie Allen was like. That's you, girl. That ain't me. Right. Um, and they like put some space between the two of them. Uh, but the administration's response has been so disappointing to the idea that these kids are sleeping on the ground outside, you know, mm-hmm. because of these conditions. And and there's no no question about the conditions. It's not like they just being unreasonable. They mm-hmm. on TikTok showing rats running around and, and black mold in the, in the corners and, and carrying on. And it's just, I, I was really, really disappointed in the image. Right. And that's what it is. Disappointment and hurt mm-hmm. because, yep. you know, HBCUs are supposed to be this home that's away right. from home. That's and right. Of course, any college can make that claim, but it just feels a little bit different when you go yep. to an HBCU, like, you know, a lot of us do and for us to make it out and to call Howard the Mecca, Right. You know, right. of HBCUs, but and for them to have this issue in the wake of um, celebrities, um, you know, a lot of these people are starting to give money to HBCUs, specifically Howard, mm-hmm. over the past what I want to say five Howard years. Howard endowment looking like these, um, right? So- They've been getting a lot of awareness, a lot of money uh, as a result of people saying, "Okay, what can we do?" HBCUs, right? And for them to have this story, you know, it just kind of hurt. You it know, was I didn't, I didn't it, it really Howard, did, but it hurt. 
Y'all know I have a child who is, you know, a high school senior. And Howard at one point was high up on her list. And she flat out told me probably a month ago uh, that they got rats in the dorms and black mold right. in the dorms. That's not my life. Right. And, 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 you know, I, 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 what can I say? I said, but it's no. Howard. It's just like, yeah, but there's rats that it's like, right. uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I can't do that. There's just too many other schools I can go to. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, my uh, my oldest, she went to University of Maryland. She didn't have, you know, she didn't have rat issues. I'm not saying that University of Maryland has never had a rat in a dorm. That's clearly not the case. But it wouldn't make a national news if they had it. Um, you know, right. this is, I mean, this, this this is how bad it, they can't let Reverend Jackson retire. You know, Reverend Jesse Jackson had to go to Howard and actually get the two sides talking to each other and come. And I think when he was there, he fell and slipped. He went to the hospital. Um, oh, you know, that's he, I heard he was in the hospital. Yeah, he was in the hospital. For, yeah, he, he fell and he hit his head while he was out there dealing with the tent city at, at, at Howard. Mm-hmm. Fell, hit his head, went to the hospital, stayed overnight. They checked him, made him clear. He didn't go back home. He went back to Howard to finish the work. He's like, no, we we, we got to get this figured out. So I think he was inter- instrumental in actually helping them, you know, not necessarily resolve their differences, but at least come to a meeting of the minds to, you know, w- what is going to be acceptable to get this done. Um, so I just hope that some of that additional three billion can come not just to Howard, um, but to all the schools. I mean, you know, there, there are infrastructure issues pretty much at every HBCU. All of these schools yeah. are are under underfunded. You know, e- even you know the, the big ones like A T you know or A and T North Carolina A and T as big as it is, it doesn't get the kind of money that other eighteen to uh, you know twenty thousand you know uh, student schools get. It, it it just doesn't. That's that's not the world that HBCUs live in. So I just hope that some of this money can go and help get them, um, particularly from a research um, and study standpoint where they can get more Shout doctoral students. Robert Milton. He said Aggie pride. Okay. That's right. So, yeah. And you know, they, they say adversity builds character. And okay, I'm listen. pretty sure that if you ever most had to wait line for a net check, you got that right. You know, had problems with your housing. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure most HBCU graduates and alumni or even somebody who just matriculated at an HBCU for a moment in time. We can all attest to some adversity when it comes to going through an HBCU. But for this to be this bad, yeah. for they actually are uh, pitching tents in protest and out of necessity. At Howard, of all places, I, this kind of these are these are your future donors. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Your future mm-hmm. alum mm-hmm. that that are supposed to be out here being ambassadors, you know, for your university, and and you alienate. The, like I wouldn't be surprised if those students transferred. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? After this, behind all of this, and it's it's, it's just it, like I said, it, it, I I just feel like this could have been handled a lot differently, and and I'm just super disappointed that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just leave it here. So Howard isn't the only HBCU that is having this issue. There are other schools, but they're the only one who's just making national news because, mm-hmm. as you said, Stephanie, how poorly they handled the situation and just what they, you know, are, are you telling me that my eyes are lying to me? I mean, I, I, I see right. the rat. I'm showing you the rat on the video. And, you, you know, what did the rat do? He just left you know, before the inspector came, well, I can't find it. It's like, well, I found it for you. Here it is on a video. These are the kind of things, uh, you know, that were going on where people were being told that they didn't see what they actually were showing folks videos of. So I'm glad yeah. that that's resolved. 
And stories developing. Um, all we know right now is they reached an agreement. Uh, nothing has came out as a result of what that agreement is. So this is definitely a story that's continuing to unfold. But uh, like I said, uh, you know, the kids who were protesting, you know, um, they accomplished what they came to accomplish and hats off to them, you know, mm-hmm. for sticking it in like that. Because, Rob, like you mentioned, they could just transfer, you know, mm-hmm. um, and protesting is not comfortable. And they could their parents could have pulled them out of Howard and took them someplace else. But, you know, the fact that they hung in there until at least an agreement was made. And you care know. enough. You know, that's yeah, how much they exactly. care. And, and the fact that this, the administration didn't see that, like, right, right. better, y'all. Okay, folks, we're at that time of the show where we want to go into our brand new segment, the Tech John Spotlight. So, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Alrighty, so Leland Melvin is the only person drafted into the National Football League to have flown in space. The Pro Football Hall of Fame honored his athletic and academic accomplishments by placing his Detroit Lions jersey under glass in Canton, Ohio. Through these professional experiences working on high stakes teams, he developed a deep and nuanced understanding of effective team dynamics. Leland has a bachelor's degree of science and chemistry and a master's degree in materials science engineering. He worked at NASA Langley Research Center in the area of non-destructive testing, creating optical fiber sensors for measuring damage in aerospace vehicles, resulting in publications in numerous scientific journals. After hanging up his space boots, he was appointed head of NASA education and served as the co-chair on the White House's Federal Coordination in Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics Education Task Force, developing the nation's five-year STEM education plan. Leland was the United States representative and chair of the International Space Education Board, a global collaboration on learning about space. He uses his life story as an athlete, astronaut, scientist, engineer, photographer, and musician to help inspire the next generations of explorers to pursue science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics careers. Leland flew two missions, STS-122 Atlantis, uh, with the 24th shuttle mission to visit the International Space Station, and STS-129 was the 31st shuttle mission to the International Space Station. And I believe he did a couple of spacewalks out there as well. Um, Y'all can come back, because I got a, a little personal story about Leland D. Melvin. So, uh, I went to Florida a and on an academic scholarship sponsored by NASA. So with that, I got to do internships at NASA facilities. And way back in 19, wow, 1992, I did an internship at Langley Research Center in Hampton, Virginia. And my mentor for the summer was this little skinny, wiry, you know, 26 year old dude named Leland Melvin. And he was super cool. And, you know, I worked in his lab with him. I don't think I actually accomplished anything that summer. I'm not going to lie, but that was more me than him because I was just out in them streets, um, the Hampton streets. Uh, but I did learn a lot. Uh, and, you know, Leland was mad cool. He had us over to his house for a barbecue and, and just that whole thing and, and never really expressed any interest in, in becoming an astronaut at that time. Fast forward to maybe about five or six years ago now, I'm watching uh, Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmer on the Travel Channel and he's at Johnson Space Center talking to astronauts about astronaut food. 
And I'm looking at this one astronaut like, don't sleep it. I've <laughs> never been no astronaut. What's you talking about? So I Google him and, you know, realized he has flown two missions um, and, you know, reached out. We reconnected. Like, we're connected now. He remembered me from 92 in Hampton. And, you know, it's just it's just all love now. So um, I had about two years ago because he wrote his, his memoir um, a couple years ago. I have it somewhere. Yeah, this is the this is the young person's edition. It's called, but but both books are called Chasing Space. But he has one version for specifically for young people, and then the adult version. But really good book. Talks a lot about how um, he actually damaged his hearing in astronaut training. They do underwater astronaut training here on Earth, and something happened. His eardrum burst, and he wasn't sure he was going to be able to go. And you know, so a, a lot of you know hurdles and challenges to overcome to actually get into space but you know I just I just thought it was super cool when I first saw him on that show I was like because I actually wanted to be an astronaut when I first did my my first internship you know I was like I'm going into space I don't care and it you know never quite happened for me but it was really really cool to see um, that my mentor had had been able to accomplish that goal so so well, put it like this: If you did, if you would have went to space, you wouldn't be here with us. So, uh, exactly. exactly. There you go. There you go. There's so, the silver so here's the coolest thing about all that you said because you started off with that he was in the NFL, but that is not even close, not even close to the most impressive thing that he's done. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of NFL football players. I know several personally. You know, friends with you know a, a couple of them. Um, this dude went to space <laughs> after he played professional football. Yeah, that that is that 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 is that is something special, and it's like you know. I hope that if we have any young listeners who are who are uh, you know who are listening to this episode, that's you know the lead is not he went to you know to the NFL. He went to the league. That is that is not the story. The story is this bro went to space. There are so few people, not just bros, but people who have been to space. Um, so the fact that he can actually say that he is in a he is in a very, very, very elite fraternity. And that, that's just so well, awesome. He's, Some in, stuff he's in a fraternity of one, like nobody <laughs> else has done that. But I think it speaks to the idea that you can do both. You right. know, we, we get that in our community where everybody want to go to the league or the NBA and I want to play basketball. And that's cool. Ain't nobody saying you can't do that or shouldn't try to, you know, aspire to do that kind of thing. But also, you know, you can also do some other things, you know, and, and use your mind to to advance your career and 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 possibly go to space, you know. So don't limit yourself. So no, that that is good. And we we've actually had uh, several folks, uh, you know, chime in and say that they like our spotlights and they want us to keep doing them. So this was uh, two of many. Um, we will we'll keep them coming to you. So um, before we close the show out, as always, we want to thank our patrons, those who are over on patreon.com forward slash the tech John supporting the show. And as we do every week at the end of the show, we want to read off our new names of people who have started supporting us. So this week we have Aaron Green and Jeffrey Wiltshire. And we also got a raise from Chris Ferguson. They've actually increased their level. So I want to say thank you to uh, to all of you. And we're going to go ahead and, you know, get ready to get up out of here. But before we do, uh, Steph, you can kick us off. Why don't you tell the folks how they can reach you and how they can find you online? 
You can find me all around the web at Tech Life Steph and check out my website at tilldeathmutweet.com. And you can find me everywhere on the internet at Brother Tech, B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And check out our new website. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention that. Talking about burying the lead, so yeah, we finally uh, got a little bit of a website up. It is is still a work in process, you know, in progress, uh, in process. However, you want to say that. But But at uh, the same time, you know, yeah, it's very vernacular to say, yeah, you need a little website, so that kind of fits too. (laughs) Right, a little website, little something. No, we 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 are official. We got a website and email, all that kind of good stuff, so folks can actually. uh, get at us and uh like so we're gonna go ahead and get on out of here y'all so it was a pleasure doing the show with you this week as always but until next week peace peace tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.